Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I know, I know. Some of you are already confused. You're starting to the, starting to listen to the first bit of the show, and you're going, "Where, where was the intro? It just came in, bam, with the theme tune there." And now it's just Stephen talking. What's going on? Well, it's Christmas. That's what's going on. It's Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. For those of you who celebrate Christmas, you know that it's time to do something special. And for those of you who do not celebrate Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, or um, I don't know what the Jehovah's Witnesses <laughs> say. I remember I was in school with Jehovah's Witnesses, and they never celebrated birthdays, and they never celebrated Christmas. And I always, as a kid, felt sorry for them, which is a bit arrogant on one level. But, you know, it was nice on another level because I was concerned. I thought they were feeling left out. You know, I felt bad for them, but then it turns out that you're not really going to miss something that you never really had. And turns out that most people who don't celebrate Christmas couldn't give a shit. <laughs> I lived with another guy years later in the west of Dublin. He was from Holland, didn't celebrate Christmas. And even as an adult, I felt super bad for him. I was like, oh, God, man, do you want to come over to my parents for, you know, we can have some dinner and I'll invite him trying to do the kind uh, Christmas vibe thing. And he was like, no, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> it's just another day. To me, it's just Wednesday. <laughs> And he was right. So hello to all of you who celebrate Christmas and all of you that don't celebrate Christmas. I know we've got some regular listeners in Turkey. I don't know how that's happening, but I'm going to assume that you guys don't celebrate Christmas there. But you know what they say about assuming it makes an ass out of you and me. But it is Christmas regardless. And it's a special episode. It's just you and me, brother and sister. Just me coming in your ears. (laughs) I said that before. Grow up, Stephen. Yeah, I just thought I'd have a chat with you, check in with you on Christmas morning. I mean, the likelihood of people listening to this podcast on Christmas Day, you've got loads of other things to be going on in, in your life, you know? Other family members that are going to be annoying you. Or you could be going, thank fuck, Hello, Steve-O podcast came out this week, so I don't have to listen to me fucking ma going on about burning the stuffing. This Christmas is a very special Christmas for me, man, because I am not... This is the first time, 34 years of age, this is my first time not having Christmas in Ireland. Some of you may know, I've travelled, I've left the island, and I'm over in Portugal where my with my other half, who, to be fair, she sacrificed the last two years when we spent them in, in Ireland, so... 
my daughter and my better half were over here in Lisbon um, spending Christmas with her family. And it's great, man. It's uh, it's We're staying in this fantastic apartment. I put some uh, stories of it up on Instagram for you guys. Check it out. Jesus, it's so cool. It just it make it want to write a fucking novel, to be honest with you. The guy who owns this apartment is so cool. I'm sitting next to a giraffe. I'm not even lying to you. I'm sitting here next to a big wooden giraffe. He's some necking him. And uh, there's plants in front. So this kind of part of the room that I'm sitting in is kind of like a jungle. I've got a cactus next to me. I've got some other weird plants, cactusy looking plants, and some model dinosaurs. The guy's got the coolest lamps in the world all over the all over the apartment. It's cool. I think he might be an architect, you know, but it's like he's really he's got style. And of course, my my girlfriend said the very terribly stereotypical thing of we both came out and said, "Oh my god, this is such a cool place." And she was like, "Yeah, you'd know he's gay. He's got taste." I know gay people who don't have taste. Thank you very much. I've got taste, and like it's just because you're gay doesn't mean you have taste. Jesus. But anyway, this is an episode, a special episode. It's just with just you and me i wanted to do a few of these for a while i did one earlier on in the series and um i just kept getting so many people ask me to come on the podcast and i enjoy having conversations with people as well it's great but i do want to i did want to kind of have conversations with you guys as well and do a one-on-one you know like therapy <laughs> thanks so much for all the messages by the way everybody loved the elva podcast and the brian gallagher podcast brian was Brilliant, and it's great to get stuck in and have conversations with somebody like that where we can have actual an adult debate and go, yeah, we don't agree with this or we don't agree with that and talk about politics on a different... I, genuinely, I don't think we've seen that, certainly not in my world, that kind of, that angle on the conversation with Brexit. You just don't get to see it in, in our world. So it was good to have those chats with Brian and he's so well-educated and so interesting and um, yeah, I'll definitely have Brian back on the show as well. And loads more messages coming in about the Elva podcast and with me being on the Des Bishop podcast as well. But thank you so much for your messages. It's good to talk. Talking's going good. Therapy's going good. I think I just did week four last week. Genuinely thinking, I don't know if you guys find this, but I'm genuinely three or four times in the middle of it kind of going, yeah, so what will we talk about now? <laughs> I kind of feel like we've talked about it all because I'm, I'm quite an open person. I don't, you know, I don't hide from... I don't hide. I don't think I hide from feelings. I certainly not in conversation. If I'm having a one-on-one with someone, I don't generally tend to hide from feelings. And I know that's a real male thing that we we hide from our feelings. And especially this time of year, it's kind of it seems to be a little tougher to talk. I get that because you're just generally naturally feeling a bit down. That's normal. There was a video this week went viral, absolutely viral. It was brilliant. This English guy. I'm going to guess he's like in his fifties made this video called I Have No Friends. And it went viral because everybody's going, shit, there's loads of people in the world that feel or think or, you know, are are, are having are living in a situation that is like that. And he, he was, like, down about it, that's for sure, but he was just being very honest about it. Like, he was saying that I have no friends. You know, I work a lot, so therefore I've got loads of work colleagues and I've got friends in work, but I don't have any friend friends. I don't have somebody that I'll go for a meal with or that I'll call up to have a conversation with. And I kind of feel like that myself sometimes because sometimes if I do, like, if I am struggling with somebody and I do want to call them up and I do need to have a conversation with somebody, the feeling is kind of like, oh, geez, I haven't called him in a while, so now I'm a dickhead because I'm just calling because I want something, you know? So then the after effect of it is that you don't you end up to, you, you don't talk at all you don't express it at all. But it was 
it was cool to see something like that going viral. And it's definitely something that, as he says in the video, that a lot of men struggle with because it would seem, not to stereotype everybody, but it would seem that women in general are just better talkers and better communicators and better at hanging out and socializing. Like, socializing is a big thing. I know that me as a bloke, I'm not a good bloody socializer. I don't like the thoughts of like going, hey man, there's a few of us going for a few pints. Do you want to come out? My answer is always no. <laughs> I've no interest in that. But I do try to make the effort sometime and maybe that's what Christmas is actually about. Maybe it's actually about getting getting together with people. I think that's what it's become for me in the last few years because I'm not a huge fan of Christmas to be honest with you. But now I've got a kid and... The vibe has to change. You got to make, she's got to have a fun time of it. Got to make sure she's having a fun time. And then there's the thing that because people love her and so show her so much love, not just me and my, me and her mother, but grandparents and aunts and friends and all that stuff, that they want to show her love. They buy her things, which is really a kind of, like we're not rich. We don't have a lot of money, but we have everything that we need. And she's got toys. You know, we're giving out, we're, you know, we're giving toys to the charity shop all the time. And I know it's a really nice, lovely gesture for somebody to buy her a present, but, you know, it's kind of more stuff. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in, well, not anybody in the world, but, you know, times have changed from when we were kids when you couldn't afford, like, a brand new pair of trainers or a, you know, or a PlayStation or a computer game or a bike. You know, every time you got one of these things, it was a big deal. But nowadays, it seems that, no matter how little money you even have, it kind of seems all very accessible price-wise. Look at pennies. Pennies has changed the world. But then the problem is, as Greta Thunberg would say, that it's just all creating disposable plastic, blah, 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 blah. And that's what makes me feel around Christmas this time, okay, like I, I don't want to get presents and I don't want to buy people presents. And okay, I can hear you all going, well, he's a lazy fucker, isn't he? Yes, I am. But more than that, it's just like we can't really buy anything for somebody that they haven't already got. We have everything. What do you need? Christmas and birthdays were like, you know, you bought something that someone really wanted because it was completely out of their reach. But nothing's really out of their reach now these days. And if you want a Rolex, go fuck yourself. I think it's more for me in the last few years. It's been, been about spending time with people. And, and taking that moment to kind of reconnect. And I love sharing a meal with, with my family. It was always with my family, with my, uh, my I've got a, uh, two siblings, my parents. And now one of my siblings is married with a kid. So that, you know, brings all of us together with my other half and our kid. That's a really nice thing to sit down and have a meal together. To me, that's what Christmas is all about. As you can hear flying overhead. We're in a flight path. I think if you live in Lisbon, you're constantly, there's like planes flying over nonstop. But anyway, this year, Christmas for me is different. It's going to be spending it with her family, which is huge. They are absolutely huge. I think she's got 60-something cousins. It's mental. And Latin culture in general, as I have experience from it, with my mother being Argentinian, Latin culture is all about everybody being together and eating together. And that is great, but for me, it gets a bit much, you know. I do love it with my immediate family because it's kind of like it's small and everyone knows the crack kind of thing, you know. Um, and also, I think it's, it's the language barrier. I haven't made a great effort in my life to learn Portuguese, but do, most of them do speak English, but, you know, in general, it's kind of like 
me and her dad. Her dad does, isn't mad on her mom's family either. <laughs> but he doesn't speak a word of English. He's a guy in his in his 70s. And he's always like, yeah, Stephen, come on, we go home. <laughs> I was sitting on the couch the other day, me and him, and it was like he was waiting for it. He doesn't even drink alcohol. It was like he was waiting for it. Me and him sitting in the house, my child had gone for her nap. The girls, my girlfriend and her sisters and their mother went out for shopping and it was like the front door just clicked shut and he was straight away over to me. Stephen, do you want a whiskey? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't mind. It's Christmas, it's two o'clock in the day, but whatever, it's Christmas. He comes out, brings a range of whiskeys out, gets me to try one, try this other one. I was like, I'm going to be half locked. And he was like, no, no, drink more, drink more, drink more. I was like, Jesus Christ, George, calm down. And then he doesn't even drink. He was dismayed that I didn't finish the bottle. Like there was like, I don't know, there's maybe seven or eight helpings at the end of the, the whiskey bottle of what was it? What was the name of it again? Um, Johnny Walker. Scotch. Oh, it was gorgeous. Oh, can't beat a good whiskey sometimes. But he was like, is that all you're having? Like basically looking at me going, you pussy. I'm like, you don't even drink. And that's what my girlfriend said to me afterwards. It's because he doesn't drink. He thinks that you just down this, you drink this stuff like wine. And it's like, nah, man, it's 40%. My daughter wakes up and I'm half cut, stinking of whiskey. Dada, smelling I am. <laughs> but it's good to be over here. Now, some of you will know about the drama that we had getting over here. Fuck me. TAP. Transatlantic Portugal. I don't know what the fuck it stands for. Whatever. The Portuguese National Airline. What a fucking disaster. I swear to God. All the times we've had to fly over here, and they've never, never, never been on time. And then we get to the airport, Dublin airport, super early, 8 a.m. Oh, no, we're there for 9 a.m., sorry, so we're up at 8 a.m. Like, it's a two-hour flight. We didn't get to our our destination of where we were sleeping that night till 8 p.m. that night. It's a fucking two-hour flight. We get to the airport. They keep saying, delayed, 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 keep putting it back. And then they were near, they were 15 minutes shy of the delay being three hours, because at three hours, you can actually get your money back. I don't know if you know that, guys. If your flight is delayed by that much, you can get your money back for the flight. Three hours is the cutoff point. So we were, whatever, two and three quarter hours late. It was just a disaster. You don't want to be doing this shit with a two-year-old. And then the incident happened in the airport, which, you know, I was pretty calm and chill about it all. I'm not like, you know, when there's the three of us, when I'm on my own, I can give a shit because, you know, you just go with the flow, read a book, listen to podcasts, etc., etc. But I'm with my two-year-old. You know, she wants her naps, she's hungry, she's trying to run around the place, blah, blah, blah. So you got to keep all this under control. Not to mention the fact that you know that she's going to have to sit in a chair for two, for two and a half hours or whatever it is to go to, go to Lisbon. Now, it does turn out, at the end of the story, my daughter was an absolute angel the whole time, and I was very proud of her, and she was very well behaved, and because um, it wasn't an easy day. But man, did I flip when, the, when the, the flight was delayed, and I brought my daughter around the airport for a walk. She wanted to show me the bookshop that she'd been to earlier on with her mom. So I said, okay, show me where the bookshop is. She's walking down to bring me to the bookshop, and as we're going back, we're just, you know, she's walking like a two-year-old. She doesn't walk as fast as an adult, holding my hand, and I hear this couple behind me and the woman saying, move child. And I think she think, I think, you know, it was one of those things where I think she thought it in her head, but didn't realize that she said it out loud. And I didn't pay any attention to that until her suitcase hits my heels and hits my daughter he, daughter's heels. And my daughter ends up fa- face first on the floor. 
fuck? And of course you hear straight away like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, you're not fucking sorry. I heard you told her to tell her to move. And you knock her over with a fucking suitcase. Watch where you're going. It was one of those things where I snapped. I don't know if you've any, like, I'm sure you guys have had this in life, but I just fucking lost it to the point where my daughter wasn't upset about 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 falling over and she wasn't upset about anything, but she was in shock, kind of like, what the fuck went, happened there? Um, and she could feel that I was kind of standing up for it. It's a, it's a weird sensation because we go back to her mom and she was very quiet. And she wasn't upset or anything, but she saw that daddy had lost it and it wasn't at her. Oh, so sorry, so sorry. And the other guy was like, oh, sorry, dude. There were these fucking teenagers, woke hipster fucking wankers with their cool beanies and dyed hair and blah, blah, blah. They couldn't give a shit about anybody else. Now I'm judging, I know, it's out of fucking anger. But look at you you two are adults. Who the fuck is pushing a two-year-old around? Jesus. Took me a while to calm down out of that one. And then, of course, I had to relay the situation to my girlfriend, who's only half of going over and slapping the shit out of the two of those people. But they were just like, they, like two seconds later, I look over and the two of them are just there sitting in their phones. You know what I mean? They couldn't give a shit. But then, of course, we have to. I'm trying to calm down from that situation. We get to the flight and we have to deal with it's delayed by 20 minutes. And it gets the 20 minutes delayed by another 20 minutes. And I go, oh, good Jesus. The reason it was delayed, to be fair to the airline, was that there was crazy storms in Portugal. That's right. We're leaving Ireland and the wintry weather in Ireland to go to a warmer climate. And we get to Portugal and sh- I shit you not, it is mental weather. Hurricane Elsa is fucking blowing the shit out of the city. So when we do fly in and we are landing, I swear to God, the plane is from side to side. I think it hit the runway with one wheel first and we were kind of doing a wheelie halfway down the runway before we actually landed. Poor daughter screaming her head off. But hey, I I was like, honey, you haven't traveled with Ryanair yet, have you? (laughs) And we get to Lisbon and it is pissing, absolutely pissing down with rain. And it's at least another hour in the car, which is usually a 20-minute drive, but an hour in the car because of traffic. Oh, good Jesus. But I'm glad to be here. I love Lisbon. I don't know if any of you guys have actually been to Lisbon before. Uh, You may well have been, but it's a fascinating city. It's one of those cities that I, I, I always say to my girlfriend, it's like, fucking hell, you grew up here. It's cool. You know, it's it's like a lot of it is is like stepping back in time. You know, a lot of the architecture of the place. And I'm not just talking about big, fancy buildings. The average house that, a, that you know, an, an individual lives in, this apartment that we're staying in here is ancient. It must be at least a couple hundred years old. There's no, there's no, so we're on, I think, the fifth floor. There's no lift. There's no elevator. Like, and, and, and most of the apartment blocks that do have elevators, they have the old school one, you know, where you put the cage across the door and boom, boom, and you see, you can see people going up and down and old school elevators. Well, this one doesn't have an elevator. You have to go up all the flights of stairs and the stairs are wooden and they're actually bowed. Each step is kind of bowed in the middle from people, that, from being worn down from people going up and down the stairs. That's how old this building is. And It's beautiful. And Lisbon as a city is beautiful. And to me, it was always fascinating. Now, obviously, Lisbon and Portugal had a period hundreds of years ago when it was the greatest country in the world because they were at the forefront of exploring the world and 
they found countries like India and, you know, Africa and went over to the US and, like, Lisbon was a huge port where all the gold and all the goods from Brazil and everything were coming in. And Lisbon was, like, the top of the world at one point, you know? So it still kind of has that that remnants, that vibe to it. But you do walk around this city and kind of go, how the hell did they build this? Because it is super hilly. I've been to San Francisco before, which has got some crazy hills as well, but this is like more complex and the hills are kind of all over the place. And then you walk the streets and climb, well, you kind of have to climb half these streets. And you realize that these, these buildings were built before there was cranes or any of that kind of stuff. And you do genuinely wonder, like, how did they build this? It's beautiful. Every pavement in Lisbon is made up of tiny, and they stick to it even, even if they're making a new pavement. They're made up of tiny little squares, which is not great if you're pushing a buggy along, to be honest. When my, my daughter was born here years ago, she was getting, like, she was only short of having a brain hemorrhage for the fucking... <laughs> when you're going over those little cobblestones on, on the pavement, it's like... <laughs> it's not great for a buggy. You'd want decent suspension on that, lads. But it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful city. Genuinely, sm- the, just the smell of history off it is fantastic. And um, there goes another plane, another TAP. How, how are you, lads? You on time, are you? It's good to be back. But it's my first time spending an extended period. No, actually, I was here one winter in January before. They, it doesn't handle the cold as well, that's for sure. Because the buildings aren't as well insulated as they would be in Ireland and England. And so when it gets cold, you kind of fucking feel it a bit more. But I am glad to be back here and spend my first Christmas outside of Ireland. To be spending it, to be spending it here in in Lisbon. Now I said as a joke, I said as a fucking joke. What are we having for Christmas dinner? Cod, is it? <laughs> and they said, yeah. Oh no! There's no turkey. There's no cranberry sauce. There's no rush potatoes. They wouldn't have a fucking clue how to rush the potato here. Jesus Christ There'll be no fucking turkey and ham sandwiches And Stevens day So I don't know how I'm going to ride out this fucking wave To be honest with you But hey it's got to be done My my mother was You know as Some of you have met my mother or listened to her on the show A couple of episodes back But she said like, Just embrace different cultures Stephen Okay I'm like yeah I'm all up for embracing different cultures Just not when the Christmas turkey Is not involved so, yeah, the tradition here in Portugal, not dissimilar to Argentina, actually, is that kind of the main meal happens on Christmas Eve, not on Christmas Day. So, on Christmas Eve, we all go to midnight mass. Fuck's sake. Yeah, I'm being told I have to go because she wants to see... She wants me to experience the actual tradition of what they do. And then after midnight mass, you go for something to eat. Yeah, you're fucking joking me. So there's a big meal in one of the houses, and on so after midnight mass, and then on Christmas Day they do do a meal as well, but it's not as big a deal apparently. I don't know when the presents happen. I think that's Christmas Eve as well. So that's what we're going to be doing: midnight mass, then up with the sixty-six cousins after midnight mass, and then another meal on Christmas Day, and that's kind of it, really. Um, I've the feeling. That there will not be as much alcohol involved. Because, wow, do we do it differently in Ireland and England as well. There's just a lot of sitting around 
just being in a general state of drunkenness, not like drunk, drunk, but, you know, you're feeling tipsy kind of 24-7 for about three days and too full. And you think, I need to have another glass of water so I can have a shit there, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be different over here. But I am, I'm, I am looking forward to it. This city is quite inspiring. This apartment is quite inspiring because I'm going to be working on a few projects for the next year. As a lot of you already know, I'm working on writing my next stand-up comedy hour. But I've got some other writing projects on the go as well. And with this little bit of space that I have where I'm not running around doing gigs, I'm uh, delighted to to have some time to, to write. And I've got some other writing projects, ideas and things that I've been wanting to work on for a while. So I've got the perfect space here because we've got our own apartment here, but the girls go over to the grandparents' apartments. You know, my daughter and my girlfriend go over to their house early on in the day. I've got this whole fucking place to myself. It's heaven. I feel like fucking like we James Joyce or something sitting here with my big massive wooden giraffe and all my cactus plants around me. And there's a lovely desk and a lovely office in there. So it's, yeah. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into these little projects here and there. And, um, yeah, it's just exciting times, you know. I've been working on, uh, so I got, I basically had written a, a sitcom in 2018 uh, with a brilliant uh, co writer who was, as he says, oh, I didn't write it, Stephen, you wrote it, and like whatever. But it, it's basically that the fact that I, I can write, obviously, but. I'm not good at putting it into the script language, putting it down on the script, you know, on a film script or a TV script language. It's a very certain type of language. So I would write all the scenes for this sitcom that I wrote long form. I wrote it like prose, like a novel, and send that to him, and then that would give him the direction to what to write for for the scene in the script, where he had to do a much shorter version of it. But we got some great feedback from production companies the other day and they want to see some some other writings from me and then I had to go into the old archives, the old Steve-O archives of things that I'd written and short stories and stuff like that and had to pick out a few bits and pieces to send on to them and then I thought, holy shit balls, I have a lot of stuff here. A lot of things that I was starting to write and didn't necessarily finish so it's got me in the mood to get back and do some of that again so what better place to be sitting down and doing some writing then in this beautiful inspirational apartment where I feel like James Joyce I've got a cool office down here and it's I mean I couldn't have fitted out like not fitted out but couldn't have created a better vibe in a in an apartment my, myself if I tried so that's what I'm going to be doing over the next while I'm excited to to write some stuff and have some stuff out there for you guys hopefully in the next couple of years some interesting projects for you guys and I will continue writing the stand up comedy and write the new hour as well of course, I'll be doing that. But looking forward to a new to a new year as well, which I know it's really, let's get over a little bit. I know we don't have to go into the whole thing of, you know, I fucking hate ever going out for New Year's. I never liked New Year's. And I won't be doing anything for this year either. I'm going to go to bed because it's just another fucking day. Okay, let's let's just make it that. However, with the calendar changing it's sometimes good to go okay set set out some goals here's some things that i want to do in the next year and this little time of being away and not gigging and not running around or driving up and down the country doing gigs has given me a little bit of space to set out these goals that things that i want to do for the next year 
And I hope you guys are doing that as well, you know. In a lot of ways, it's the wrong time of year to be doing it because December, January, February, they're dark months. November as well, you know. its you just got to be surviving winter more than anything. It's not the time to be going, oh, I'm going to have a six-pack by June. You know, that shit. Nah. But at the same time, it is a new year, so it's not a bad time to think about going, yeah, I should set some goals. What, what would I like to do? For the end of 2020. And why not think about it? It's a positive. It's a positive thing to do. I'm going to be 40 in six years time. Like That's fucking mental to me. Sometimes I think to myself. Will I ever grow up? And lots of you are listening going. Never grow up Steve. Oh never. But it's not a bad idea to set some. Some goals and some ideas in place for the new year. And I hope you guys are doing some of that as well. Sure that's living life. What it is when you're making plans or something like that. Isn't it? So I hope you are setting out some plans for yourself that you want to do, enjoying things, you know, challenges for yourself. I gave up coffee. I know I was shouting on about that, but I gave up coffee in July. I didn't genuinely don't think I, I didn't think I was going to go and do it as long as I have so far. And doesn't seem to be any signs of letting up on the whole coffee thing. But sure, if you can do it with drugs, you can do it with anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope you are setting some goals out there for yourself. This podcast was a massive goal for me in the last year. I don't think I thought I would get this far on it. I just kind of put a little goal for it in my head and just went for it. And every week I I do it and I meet up with people and I record podcasts. And I do have loads of other podcasts recorded for you guys. But I just genuinely wanted to do one like this where I could have a conversation with you guys. And do it myself as well because this will be another format of doing it. But yeah, I didn't think I would get this far with the podcast. It's fucking nuts. We're close to being a year. This podcast is close to being a year. I can't believe that we've gone that far. And because of the podcast, loads of other opportunities have come up. I've got to meet loads of people. I've got to have loads of great conversations. But I genuinely have had a feeling of like lots of times of kind of going, do I keep it going or do I put my energy into something else? But as long as you're enjoying something, then why not keep doing it? And I am enjoying it. And it's going well and... We're picking up new listeners from all over the place, from all over the world. Vegas. People are listening in Vegas on a regular basis. And it's great. Shout out to the girls out there in Vegas who are listening to the show. But I've been really enjoying it. And there is other opportunities coming from it. So 2020's Hello Steve podcast will still be going. However, it looks like there will be some new projects in the podcasting world coming out as well. So I suppose watch the space in 2020. I think you're really going to enjoy it. It's There's some cool ideas coming out there. And uh, I'm going to enjoy doing them, doing them. I know they're going to be great fun. And then later on in 2020, there'll be... There'll be the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and a new show and I'll still be touring Son of a Preacher Man and touring another one and all that stuff is great but I definitely get excited by making new stuff and the new podcast idea I'm excited about bringing to you guys in 2020 so watch the space as they say and what was the other thing I was going to say I don't fucking remember for those of you who are yeah in love with the football, yes, I know I've been shining on about football for a while. You can 
you can skip over the next five minutes if you don't want to listen to me talking about football but like I am genuinely delighted that Arsenal have got we have got ourselves a new manager I'm genuinely excited about it and it's a gamble for those of you who are not into the football basically there's this guy who is of modern times considered and he might be eventually of all time but this guy is considered the greatest manager in the world right now we did not get him (laughs) his name is pep guardiola but there was a footballer who played for arsenal who retired the arsenal's my team he retired from arsenal five or six years ago and he wanted to become a coach And he left Arsenal as a player and he joined Pep Guardiola, the greatest football manager in the world possibly of all time. He joined him to become his coach, his head coach. And he became Pep Guardiola's number two. And he's never managed a team himself. But there the other day, last week, Arsenal were in a crisis. We were three weeks without a proper manager. And they offered the job to Pep Guardiola's number two, which is Mikel Arteta. Which is, why is it a gamble? Because he's never managed a team before. And everyone says that, look, it's very different being a number two versus being a number one. Yeah, I agree. But Jesus, this is a gamble worth taking. If Pep Guardiola says that Mikel Arteta is ready to manage, is ready to take his place, well, that's good enough for me. Pe- Mikel Arteta is, is ready to take, his, to take Pep Guardiola's place. I'm happy with that. Look at where Arsenal are now. We're up the fucking shit or we can't, you know, we can't, we couldn't string three passes together. We were on the worst run, the worst losing streak since 1977 before I'm alive. So as an Arsenal fan, we were on our worst run in my lifetime. And we've taken a gamble on this guy who has never managed a club before. And I love it. So what is life without taking a gamble? You gotta take a gamble. And there's loads of people out there giving out giving out and going, oh, this is fucking this is bullshit. This is not gonna be any good for us. I couldn't give a shit. I like not only because I like that we've taken the gamble. I like because I, I like him because of who he's worked with. I like him because of the respect that he has from coaches uh, throughout the world who have never seen him, you know, again, if they if they're all talking him up, it just means that the media and us fans, we just don't know about it. And then he does this press conference the other day, which, to be honest with you guys, whether you like football or not, it was a great philosophy for life. He was talking about changing the club and the organization into a positive culture. He's talking about the culture. We don't realize how how important culture is and how culture affects everything that we do. But there's a thing that's happened in Arsenal Football Club where it's just a lot of negativity and the culture has become to be giving out. And I was at the Arsenal game in October when our captain was being substituted. The fans ironically cheered because he was getting off the pitch and he got pissed off and started walking off slowly. The fans booed him and he's screaming and shouting, tells him to fuck off. He throws the captain's armband on the ground and all this stuff and he walks down the tunnel. That's not a good state of affairs to be in. But that's the tension that was there between the team, between the players and the fans. You don't want to be in that place. And so every time the team were playing and something would go wrong in the game, we might even go 2-0 up. But then there would be a tension there of like, oh, we're going to concede a goal. And sure enough, we would concede a goal because the players on the pitch are getting nervous because they're worried about the fans giving out to them. It's like, oh, Jesus, who needs this in life? 
and our new manager, who hasn't even managed a game yet, his first game is on Stevens' day, but he hasn't even managed a game yet, but he does the first press conference and all he talks about is changing the culture for the positive. He talks about giving your energy to the club, give every player having to be responsible for themselves, no hiding, take responsibility for your job, bring good energy, give your energy, bring passion to your everyday of work, to training, to what you do on the pitch. And if you don't do that, if that's the minimum, then he said, I'm sorry, but this is not the place for you. And it was just so great to hear that because of the negative vibes that we have at the club at the moment. And I genuinely, like, I know it sounds silly, but as a football fan, I was inspired. But as a person in life, I was inspired because it's so fucking true. If you turn up to work or whatever it is that you're doing, if you're not happy with what you're doing, okay, fair enough. And you might just have to fucking do something else. But but even if you're doing a job that you don't really like, you might as well just turn up and give it your best. The last job that I was in, I'm not blowing my own trumpet here, but I didn't want to be there. Because I wanted to focus on my stand-up comedy. But I was good in that job. And when I turned up to work, I just gave up my best. And then finally when I walked away, you know, the bosses couldn't have been more complimentary. And thankful that I was there. And the staff as well coming to me, just going, I think it was because I was a little bit older as well and um, a bit more experienced than some of the people there. But like I still turned up to work and gave up my best, even though it was clear that that's not what I wanted to be doing with my life. And I do feel better for that, you know? So um, I just thought Mikel Arteta's speech was absolutely fantastic. And I'm excited about all things Arsenal coming up, even though the game at the weekend was... He wasn't in charge for it because he, st- he officially started the day after. But the uh, the game on the Saturday was absolutely shocking. But hopefully things are going to get better, are going to get better. Now, who's that? That was Take That, wasn't it? I think it was Take That. I'm going to say it was Take That. That song and don't speak, you know just what you're thinking. I think that's the words. But anyway, no doubt, don't speak. That's been on my head a lot recently as well. 98, I'm going to guess. 1998 was that one. But anyway... I think that's enough out of me. If you've listened this far, fair fucking play to you. Sorry this has been a bit weird. I suppose I don't always do it on my own, but I'm going to try and do a bit more of it in the new year and tackle uh, other conversation issues, have a laugh about different things. and um, Yeah, we've got a couple of exciting uh, episodes coming up. Gerald Farrelly is back on again. Interesting views on... Uh, the things going on in the LGBTQ world at the moment and we've got a historian coming on the show would you believe that I'm genuinely excited about that because he's bringing up some exciting topics to to chat about which are things that you know history when we look back and we think we have our ideologies about who we are and our identity and all this kind of stuff and as as a nation in Ireland in particular or as a nation in England and then you realize eh, it's not everything that you think it is So, anyway, this was just to say hello, that I wasn't going to give up and not put out a Christmas podcast, because that would be bad form. Wishing you all a very happy Christmas, all of you guys that are celebrating Christmas. And if you're not celebrating Christmas, happy Wednesday. 
Happy December 25th. I will be seeing you guys. There will be another episode out before the new year. And I hope in the week of the slump, because the Christmas week, like the, the week after Christmas, when there's not a lot going on, is a bit of a pain in the arse. But I hope you have a good time of it. Go see some comedy. Great time to go see some comedy. Go see some stand-up comedy. There's loads of shows on around town. If you want to know something in particular to go and see, let me know your location on Instagram at HelloStevo. Send us a message. I've been much better. I think you'll agree. I've, I've, I've texted loads of people back and had loads of funny conversations. And, th- and you're also lovely with me going, having a bloody mental breakdown at the airport and sending me lovely text messages and all that. So thanks for the messages, guys. It was great. And um, yeah, thanks for, this, thanks for the year so far. Thanks for listening so far. Thanks for listening to the show this year. We'll keep going. We've got more episodes, exciting episodes coming up. But for now, it's Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy 25th of December 2019. It's just Wednesday, but enjoy your holidays. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.